Thanks for listening to an Out of the Pan summer special for the summer of 2019-2020. Out of the Pan is taking a break from the 29th of December 2019 to the 3rd of February 2020. For five of those six weeks, you'll enjoy some of the great shows from Out of the Pan for 2019. And, of course, on the 26th of January, the airwaves will rightfully belong to our First Nations broadcasters. I'll be back with you on the 10th of February. Have a safe and happy summer to all the 3CR listeners, and thanks for supporting 3CR and Out of the Pan. Panoply, Panorama, Panpipe, Pansy... Aha! Pansexual. Knowing no boundaries of sex or gender. Sound interesting? Then join Sally on Sundays at noon for Out of the Pan. All those gender questions making you think too hard? Whether it's transgender, bisexual, polyamorous or beyond, we'll throw those questions into the pan and cook up the answers for you. So go on, push that gender envelope only on 3CR 855 AM digital and 3cr.org.au.
3CR, 855 AM, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au and 3CR On Demand, Out of the Pan with Sally, pronouns she, her. First broadcasting noon till one every Sunday afternoon. 3CR proudly broadcasts from the lands of the original inhabitants and we pay respects to elders past, present and emerging and this is, always was, always is, always will be Aboriginal land. Well, um, if there's lots of ways to get in touch with the show, you can um, look for the posts on Facebook, on my page, Sally Goldner, or on 3CR Out of the Pan, 855 AM Melbourne. You can email um, Out of the Pan, digits 855 at gmail.com. You can SMS, another way to do it, 61456 751215, or you can tweet at Sal Gold said so, and that's the bottom line. Well, opened up today with Marie Wilson and an appropriate track to dive us in because on the show today, um, well, I hope she's good. I don't know. <laughs> hey. um, is my fabulous guest, Trans Poetry Slam winner, um, Nikki Vavika. Welcome. Hi, Sally. How are you? All right. I'm doing all right. Congratulations. Oh, you, thank you. You've won a Slammy, so to speak. I did, I no, that's did. That's a WWE um, award, sorry. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I don't do that. I don't do wrestling. I would, I would be very bad at that. Um, no, but yeah, we had, um, we had like Melbourne's first trans poetry slam. Uh, the first trans poetry slam any of us like aware of it happening anywhere. And there might have been other ones. In but, the world? Well, we haven't found any... Yep. Any like the internet doesn't tell us about any others anyway. That doesn't mean they haven't happened. Yep. I'm sure there's probably ones happened in like some little cafe in San Francisco or something somewhere sometime. Yep. Um, but yeah, it's like an, this amazing thing which came together um, just just recently, and I was I was um, yeah really delighted and also surprised to win it. It was yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, I'm, there's, I mean, I'm. A totally objective statement, trans and gender diverse and non-binary people are incredibly awesome with their creativity. Oh my God, the poetry was so good. Yeah, well, that that was the thing. The competition must have been um, incredibly high standard. Well, it was because I, I almost got knocked out um, in the very first round. Wow. <laughs> like I turned up and I bought and I had sort of two poems. I had, because um, I won the Midsummer Poetry Slam and Midsummer yep. Festival this year as well. So I had my winning poem for that. So like, okay, so this is my cool poem to win a slam with. But so then I had to get through the first round. So I thought I brought like, oh, this is a pretty good poem. Uh, and my pretty good poem, I presented, it went all right, okay, clap, clap, clap. Then all these other poets got up and they just dropped fire. It was just amazing, like just how good the the, the poems were. And like, I was just like, oh, my pretty good poem looks really tame in comparison to the other poems that um, that all these other poets are bringing. And I ended up, like, I was almost knocked out, and I had to slam for my life against another poet. <laughs> oh, sort of like, um, what is it? Uh, it sounds a bit like The Voice or something, where they <laughs> do the sort of, I don't know, the one, the, the in-ring comp- competition. Sorry, yeah, we, so we each had to get up and do a second one. So I used my I used my Midsummer poem. Yep. Um, I used that to get through that. But then, like, because I then had to have another poem for the final. Wow. I had to write a whole new poem. And so I went home, and I wrote this poem overnight and rehearsed it during the day. Um, and yeah, like did this very sort of really personal, um, transition journey poem and I won one with it, which is amazing. Yeah. I think it might be on YouTube now as part of another event, um, that happened recently. Um, 
Um, so yes, well, you and I had um, we had the pleasure, so to speak, um, to use an old gag um, of, of giving a surprise party for a fantastic. Oh person. yes, is that up on YouTube? Yes, I think it's now gone oh. over to YouTube. I'll have a oh, scratch around during that. one of the tracks and see if we can find it. Oh, that's um, fabulous! Um, do live research, people of all genders. So um, you know, there you are on stage. I mean. It's not easy for anyone of any genre to be on stage. Have you always thought you wanted to be on stage? You know, in the uh, fir- regardless of anything, <laughs> in the first part of your life, what were you doing with it? Um, yeah, I have always wanted to be on stage, but I think growing up, I didn't I, like. I didn't sort of feel like I could do that. I was like, because I was like a, you know, a, like a real book nerd when I was at school, <laughs> um, and so I always dreamed of like doing stage stuff. But yeah, like sort of circumstances growing up didn't feel like it was really possible. So I used to do the school musicals and stuff like that. Yeah. But I was never like, I was never got a starring role or anything. I was always just like, you know, background extra number three. Um, one, of so, the, one of the pirates of Penzance or something, yes. Yeah, but it was one, um, I was always like, because I've seen musicals and I never let me sing. Um, so I'd always be like the talking role in the musical. No. So it was always just be like, oh, like, so if you needed like a grumpy neighbour to come out and shake their fists at the heroes or something, that'd be me. No. Um, but it was like when I first, when I first did actual theatre, when we did, um, when we did the, like we did the Shakespeare yep. in Sydney year. And as soon as I was doing that, like, I, like real, um, not to this musical theatre, but like when I was getting a chance to actually perform rather yep. than just playing a bit part, then I just took to it. It's like, oh yeah, this is my happy space. This is mm. this is what makes me feel alive. Is doing this, um, and it's always been you know through my life I've gone on and off. I've had periods where I haven't been as active in performance yep. and stuff like that. But there's there's an energy that comes with with doing it, with doing a thing, what you need to do, and any time when I am. Performing, that's when I, yeah, that's when I feel like I come alive. Very, very true, yes. Um, Rigging some bells over on this side of the 3CR desk, I'm (laughs) just going to say, but I think it is very true. We have to express ourselves in some way, and nowadays so many... In, I'm going to say in inverted commas, jobs, um, you know. <laughs> a lot of jobs are in inverted commas these days. Yes. Um, that, you know, I understand totally, totally, quadruple, totally people, you know, have to pay for food and rent and mm. in Melbourne coffee and that sort of thing. <laughs> but, you know, sometimes we go to, to work, um, jobs, etc., and it's just the soul ain't there. Mm. And, you know, so to have a job where you can really, you know, tap into your soul. Must, um, you know, when, when I say job, you know, what was it the old saying that, you know, the best job in inverted commas for the last time is where you, um, you know, you don't really feel like you're working, so to speak. Yeah. And you're, you've got that. Well, I think things like every, I realised, because I did, I did sort of go off and do the, like, you know, work in an office thing mm. and try to do that thing, whatever. But what I realised was I think that every job, Every job is heartbreaking on some level. Yeah. It's like trying to, because chasing, chasing the acting dream, is that, it's like it's absolutely heartbreaking and devastating mm. um, for a long time. But then if you go into like trying to pursue a career in something else, like a stable career, that is also heartbreaking mm. and full of pitfalls and yeah. full of challenges. And the thing, you need something which motivates you to get through those challenges. Yeah. There needs something, some fire which lights you so that when work is hard, as it always will be, whatever you're doing, that you've got that motivation to push through it and rise above it. 
and performing in all the various sorts, which we're going to talk about <clears throat> after the next track, <laughs> has been doing that for you. What a good overview to start off a chat with Nikki. If you've got questions for Nikki, oh. um, pop them through to us on all the various means of communication that yeah, I mentioned. Yeah, ask me things. Ask, I'll answer ask, questions. Ask, ask questions about performing and what keeps you going and all the rest. Um, you've got. To, I'll run through them all again um, because um, we because we can. And those means of communication out of the pan eight five five at gmail dot com. SMS six one. Four five six seven five one two one five. Tweet at Sal Gold said so, and that's the bottom line. And look for the posts out of the pan three CR eight five five AM Melbourne, and on my page Sally Goldner on Facebook. And I've got to just clear something up from the SMS. Um, just some comments that came in from one of our regular contributors, oh. roving reporter last week. Oh. Um, and I just want to make it clear it's, it was an interpretation of what roving sees, not roving's personal opinions. I think that will remind people of what I mean. You know, I, I know roving really well and they wouldn't believe in things that aren't so good. But that's what other people think. And I just I didn't quite make that clear on the end of the show last week. Let's have some music, um, and we'll be in a swinging sort of moving mood with this one. I pulled it out because it, well, it was closest to the end of the draw when I was selecting the music <laughs> this morning, but it's also a great track. Here's the Gypsy Kings on 3CR, 855 AM, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au, 3CR On Demand. Out of the pan with Sally and guest Nikki. Penso que un sueño parecido no volverá más. Y me pintaba las manos y la cara de azul Y de provisa el viento la vida me debo Y me hizo volar en el cielo infinito Sueño parecido no volverá más. Y me pintaba la mano y la cara de azul. Y de provincia de viento rápido me llevo.
cielo no volverá más Y me pintaba en la mano la cara de azul Y de improviso el viento rápido me llevó are selling kefir Palestinian scarves in support of the last factory that produces them in Hebron, Palestine. All profits will be donated to the reconstruction efforts in Gaza and support Palestinian industry. These are traditional scarves available in red and black or you can choose from a modern design. Go to 3cr.org.au slash shop to buy online or drop into the station during business hours. From coast to coast, top to bottom, Night Owls on Rhythm brings you the best in Australian blues and roots derived grooves every Tuesday night at 11pm right here on 3CR 855 on your AM dial. Happy birthday to you. Let's think about the good times. Don't get feeling blue. Three CR eight five five AM digital three CR dot org dot AU three CR on demand out of the pan with Sally with um, background music, which I'm just having a look is um, <laughs> the um, is that from Mama's party the background yes, music <laughs> yes um, so I don't I'm not sure if um, it's an unlisted YouTube now I'm not sure if that means your average punter can find it or not I'm, I'm don't ask me about technology I just hope my laptop turns on but um, yes well, you and I had the pleasure to give a bit mm. of a amongst many others who put it on stage and off to um, give thanks to the great work that Mama Alto does a huge community contributor yeah. and there's now it's been recorded for all time um, mm. well, she brings together such a fabulous group of artists like such a fabulous slice of the community yeah um that's right it's drawn sort of around her and like that show that we put on for her was just yeah uh, it was amazing like just to see who was who was there yeah and give her a bit of a a boost because we all have our ups and downs as humans and some of us even more so than others well we heard prior to the messages um to get us into a bit of a dancing mode um from the Gypsy Kings, from the very best of album from some years ago, Volare, not to be confused with the magazine of the New South Wales Gender Centre, which is Polare. Um, but they rhyme and it's not a crime. Someone who does much better performance than that <laughs> is my guest in the studio, the fabulous Nikki Vavika. And Nikki, you're 
a very multifaceted performer. But before we dive into the facets, uh-huh. was there a, a critical turning point apart? You mentioned the getting into some Shakespeare stuff, and mm. I wanted to clarify, first of all, if that was, say, school or post-school or whatever. But was there a critical turning point or turning points or marker posts, if you want to call them that, mm. in your journey in terms of performing of various genres there where something just said, got to do this or something like that? You know, sometimes there are those standout aha moments. Were oh, there any of those? Um, lots of. Lots of. Lots of. Like with any big journey, there's not one aha moment. Mm. You have to have a whole bunch of aha moments. Yep. Um, and... You know, because I certainly, I certainly had those moments when I was when I was young and trying to do theatre and stuff like that. Yeah, I was being like, "Oh, this is what I meant to do with my life," and then a few years later, you're not doing it, and you've yep. got to have another aha moment to get you back. Yep, um, and stuff like that. Interestingly, I think because um, there was a lot of there was a lot of focus on like the career element of it, and especially. Yep. Um, Coming from my sort of highly academic background as I did, there's a lot of focus on what are you doing that's going to be, is this going to make money, is this going to be a career, is this going to be whatever. Mm. Um, and you put a lot of pressure on yourself to make something sort of work financially yep. um, if you're going to do it. Probably the biggest turning point for me was when I gave up on that, <laughs> was when I was just like, oh, look, I'm tired of running down auditions, I'm tired of trying to like be um, you know, a professional performer, I'm just going to like hang out and do like this show in a pub <laughs> and that'll just be a fun thing that I do um, yeah. every week. I go and do like a, a, this pub show, like an improv show it was. And then I was just doing that all the time. And then that went from one show a week to two shows a week to like spending most nights of a week doing improv. Um, and then over a couple of years that turned into a comedy career. Oh, wow. Um, but it really came from that moment of taking away that pressure to um, succeed, if I can put that in, like, in very commas, and just being like, I'm just going to have fun doing what I'm doing. Yep. Um, mm. And that's just what I'm going to... And so you focus on the art and on what you're saying and on all the things that you need to do to be a successful artist rather than on, like, getting approval from other people by succeeding at auditions or getting a paycheck from someone, things like that. Yeah. Um, I was sort of... Yeah, like I was a little bit inspired by sort of um, grunge mentality, if that makes sense. Like I grew up in the 90s, so like yeah. grunge is a big thing for me. But there's that, um, like I saw it like interviews with grunge musicians where they're saying like, they hit a point where they're like, well, we're not going to be good musicians, so we're just going to have fun <laughs> thrashing at these guitars. And that's where grunge came from. They started like by stopping trying to chase pop, trying to stop trying to chase those, um, those big genres um, and just making, you know, crap music in garages. They made a fabulous music genre out of it. Um, and it was a bit like that. I sort of took a bit of that attitude of like, well, I'm just going to do this and I don't care if like, if it's, um, if it's dumb or if it's silly or if like nobody sees it, um, I'm just going to work on it. And then that's sort of led to things actually taking off. Yeah. You went deep. It sounds like you went deep into your authenticity, heart and soul. And, mm-hmm. um, which is a good place to start because, as you say, you know, measuring by other people's measure of that big inverted commas again, the second one for today, success, that's mm. their measure, yeah. but it's not yours. Yeah. yeah. Mm. What, a, um, what a great call. Um, you know, just be doing it. And then it, then it grew and you found people who said, yeah, that's authentic. I like it. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, the other thing, um, the other thing that was really big, big facet in it was – um, was finally coming out because, like most of yeah. my early life, I was in the closet. Um, 
and it just gets in your way. Like, mm. just trying to do stuff. Because, you know, be going for acting roles, I didn't really want to do them. Yeah. Not the roles I wanted to do. Um, and, you know, I do a little bit of comedy, but not coming from an authentic space. You don't yeah. sort of really commit to it. And I remember the moment that I started actually coming out, even though I wasn't um, performing authentically yet, my quality of my performance lifted. Yeah. And people really noticed it. They noticed that I'd suddenly freed up on stage and I'd got, um, my skills had got a lot better. And a lot of that came from just removing those, those personal blocks. Yeah. yeah. Um, and a lot of the art I do, like, um, like doing stand up or doing dance and things like that, is stuff I only took up after, after I came out. Let's just put that in time context. How long have you been, well, we'll say even relatively out or comfortably out or whatever? Um, give or take. Oh. I probably, um, geez, it's always a hard question, isn't it? Well, yeah, I mean, we um, all know there's something from Munchkin Hyde, <laughs> but, um, it's, I mean, I sort of started, um, I started the process probably like around about five or six years ago, Yeah, but it was pretty low profile for the first, yep. uh, the first couple of years. Um, so in terms of being out completely publicly, it's really only been since like 2016, yeah, well, three so years. Three pretty, years, pretty yeah. Comparatively recent yeah. Um, in that way. But it always feels weird to say that because of like how long that, you know, that, that part-time mm. low-profile sort of process goes on before you're actually out to everyone. Yep. Um, and there's this long time and then there's still pockets of people that you're in the closet to. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, Oh God, they don't know yet. These people what? don't know yet. <laughs> um, and it can be like quite surprising when you realise that, that, um, yeah. that, that people don't. Well, yeah, you, some people, you know, just forget to tell them or they get, maybe they get left behind know. or leave themselves behind that sort of thing. Mm. So three years and then, you know, the, the coming back to that, the reason I brought it up is that all the performance blossomed. Um, and I was going to ask one thing though, where, you know, mm. going for the Shakespearean parts, oh, yes. um, you know, it wasn't just that you, in terms of authenticity, it wasn't just maybe you were going for male parts and wanted to do other genders or something. It was just well, that's why I got into Shakespeare because I heard about like the yeah. cross-dressing in it. Yeah, oh, was, that was my goal. <laughs> that was my goal. <laughs> of course. Um, have you um, have you met you have you met Julie Peters um, as she calls herself the fairy grandmother of Victoria's trans community? No, I never have. She says the same thing. She wanted to do. She heard about Shakespeare, and it was a great help. So. The jolly old bard has done lots for the trans community. <laughs> um, but, you know, coming back on a bit on track, um, mm. I'm just being to sound like a Ronnie Corbett interview, you know, sort of going off in circles. And then that reminds me of the joke I was going to tell you. But seriously, okay. um, you know, you've opened up onto other performance. So, yes, standing, you know, there's things like spoken word and comedy, you know, stage person and microphone in mm. simple terms. And all of a sudden you've found something even broader and deeper. How did you stumble onto... And I won't say stumble literally because um, it involves <laughs> dancing, but burlesque. Um, uh, through, it's something I sort of always wanted to do. Um, but I just like, I ended up living up the street from burlesque school and I kept walking past it. <laughs> and I was like, well, one day I'm going to go in there. And it kind of, um, I kind of came to it through comedy. Again, it's that same, like, don't take it seriously. Like, if I'd gone to myself, like, oh, I'm going to go out and I'm going to be like, this amazing, sexy burlesque dancer, I would have been like, don't be ridiculous, Nikki, you'll never do that. But I had a comedy idea. I thought, oh, this would be funny yeah. if I had this routine at the start of a comedy show. 
skit. And so I need to get a few actual skills. Like, cause I, it's a joke I used to do in my, um, uh, in my first, um, Salisha asexual healing. Like I'd start it with a kind of a, um, like with a kind of a, uh, fan dance. Ah. Um, and then I'd get rid of the fans. It was just a gag. And then I'd get rid of the fans. But, well, that's the sexy part over. Now let's talk about. Um, and so I thought, well, it'd be better if I actually knew how to use the fans. And so I went to a burlesque school to learn how to do that. And then, um, but when I started actually doing like dance, I was like, oh, this is amazing. This is what I want to do. This is what I want to be doing. Wow. Um, and I've just been, so I've been doing a lot of um, burlesque in different styles of it. In the last year. So I'm still a little baby. I'm a baby burly girl, still. A baby burler. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, um, yeah, it's been, it's been an amazing art form for me to find confidence in, in myself. And it's um, also sort of lifted, I think, the quality of my performance as a comedian and as a poet and everything else, having that, that confidence about self on stage. Um, yeah. On well, presentations. You've got the confidence to move, confidence to... Well, you know, sometimes I'm not saying I know the last thing I claim to be is an expert on burlesque, but mm. it can involve bearing parts of one's, um, some parts of one's body. And most parts of one's body. <laughs> most parts of one's body. Um, yeah, it's, um, and, but that's, that's part of the amazing thing about it, I think, is that you have these parts of yourself which are sort of normally treated as secret and like, oh, and you're like self conscious about them, maybe even ashamed of them. But then you get up in front of a crowd of people and you show them and the crowd goes wild. It's like, oh, well, it's not that bad then, is it? That's right. If all these, if all these people love it, then yeah. it can't be that bad. <laughs> yeah, um, so it's just been this huge expansion. So, yeah, it's like, well, if I can do that, I can do any sort of performance or maybe mm. do anything. Can yeah. you get rid of Donald Trump in a benign way for us? No. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we'll come back to that. Um so, yeah, look, an amazing, uh, amazing journey. And it just, you know, it totally, you know, it just reinforces if you, you know, the, in terms of the rainbowish parts of mm. ourselves, if we are cutting them off where it's a hard thing to put a wall down the middle of yourself, so to speak, yeah. and you, you know, put some benign dynamite under the wall and it's gone and, um, you know, all the creativity flows holistically. Mm. Um, what a what a good way to be! Just that's the that's the utopia we're aiming for in all forms of diversity, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. What a good thought. Um, let's have a breather and we'll um, have a listen. I've got a um, couple of things. I've um, got to say mm. just before we go to some music. The um, I'm now I think I'm talking comedy. I'm now going to do the right wing comedy segment each week because I'm kind of what. Last week we talked about the Orthodox bishop who said that. Um, but wait for this one again. Um, you know, gay men are caused by when women have anal sex during pregnancy. What? <laughs> Seriously? Yes. What? Yeah. So it's now the how ridiculous. Um can right-wing um, nonsense be, which, of course, now there's something that knows no bounds. But um, this week, of course, we've had the situation of that, um, well, the cousin of a form, uh, probably former sports person whose family name begins with F, but we don't really want to promo him. Oh, yeah, yeah. No. He yeah, has his particular brand of Christianity but works in a Catholic school, and because of that, he was sacked by the Catholic school. But that's freedom of religion for you people. Mm. So there, this is my right-wing Let's um, com- comedic look um, at, the, at the world now for the week. So there's the one I wanted to mention. Um, you know, sort of, <clears throat> you know, that's what happens. We're going to have freedom of religion. We'll have law. We'll just have absolute chaos everywhere <laughs> because whose freedom of religion triumphs over whose freedom of religion? Mm. Let's see if we've. Let's see if our quick creativity's got an answer to that one. 
After we hear another track, I've got to say, um, um, Jimmy Barnes, of course, his place in Australian music is legendary. But oh, my his, God. <laughs> his latest yes. um, album, My Criminal Record, he's, he just keeps getting better. This one is just brilliant. Um, lots of songs co-written with Don Walker of Cold Chisel fame. But he's written two with Troy Cassar daily of country music fame. And I, these, are, <laughs> these are all the guys that were on the radio all the time when I was growing up in, in the country. Ah, we'll have to talk about growing up in the country. <laughs> Anyone would think this show was planned, listeners of all genders. <laughs> um, but I wanted to play this one because I just really like what it says. It's a track called Shutting Down Our Town. It's actually written solo written by Troy Cassar daily, but Jimmy on vocals from My Criminal Record. 3CR, 855am, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au. 3CR On Demand, Out of the Pan, with two people who, to the best of my knowledge, don't have criminal records, Sally and Nikki.
to stop running from the demons of my past. Some that I remember, but the rest are changing way too Three CR eight five five AM. Three CR digital. Three CR dot org dot au. Three CR on demand. Out of the pan with Sally and guest Nikki Vavika, and we just heard another a track from My Criminal Record by Jimmy Barnes. Possibly, I'm almost going to stick my neck out and say it's one of the best solo albums he's ever done. He's just um, really hit a groove there, and that's a track written by um, Troy Cassar Daly, who's noted in the country scene, called Shutting Down Our Town. Well, he's mellowed a lot. He's mellowed, and yeah, well, talking of, in my, if I can offer the opinion, I think he's got close to his authentic self, I mean, and he's just such a, on other things beyond music, he's just, you know, what he's been doing in terms of good role models for males, um, and what he's spoken up about, he's just winning hearts and minds everywhere. So, yep, um, he has mellowed and um, hopefully settled down and not doing, well, what was it he used, um, you know, and I don't take, put this lightly at all, he used to, what was it, have a bottle of vodka for each show each night or something back in the 70s and 80s, goodness. Um, but he's turned out all right, the old Barnsley, <laughs> bless his soul. Um, so, yeah, continuing on with Out of the Pants, so much we could ask, this, an hour doesn't seem like it's enough. <laughs> But um, just to well, get... I can talk and talk and talk. Just do more. Well, that's right. Well, you do it for a living on stage. But um, um, just to um, mention it now before I forget at the end, of course, one o'clock is Freedom of Species, or talking all things animal advocacy. Um, at two with Nick Ash and the crew in Psychedelia, looking at harm minimisation. And at three, um, another queer show, The Fabulous Queering the Air. And they're chatting today with um, um, the fabulous... Um, um, people from the Love and Luck podcast, Erin um, and Lee. Oh my God, some of my favourite people all together. There you go. Yes, um, and we had the we had the honour, and you can see the uh, find out why the, um, you're a face for stage, but I'm a face for radio because James from In Your Face was in here snapping photos of us and putting them on social media in well, an authentically, in my case, blackmailed way or something. <laughs> so much to come. I mean, you know, it's been an amazing past, and in the words are sung by. Um, lounge singers like Frank Sinatra, the best is yet to come from your point of view. Um, what's in the future? Um, short term, medium term, and of course, we don't know everything in our future. We don't have a, a DeLorean or anything, but um, well, what, what do you think could happen? What would you like to happen um, in your future as um, in all parts of your life? Well, it's, it's funny because it's like a lot of, for me, a lot of the last few years has been not thinking about the future anymore. Yeah. Especially considering the prospect of 
coming out. It was too terrifying. I didn't oh. think about the future. Um, but, oh, am I on? I forgot to put you on, silly me, for oh, a few minutes Oh, my God. There. So if I was silent for a bit, I'm back. Huh. Yes. So, yes, <coughs> I'm about to talk about, asking the, about the future. Yes. Mm, you're asking about the future. And it's like for a lot of my life, I don't think too much about the future. Like when I was thinking about coming out, it was, it was too scary. Mm. It was too scary. I'm trying to think. And if I thought about it, I get scared. What I learned through doing improv, like, which is my first sort of, like, you know, art which I um, worked in intensely, was just that sense of, well, things will probably be all right. Just do this thing yep. and see how it turns out and then respond to how it, things happen mm. um, after it does. And that's sort of been my attitude to most life. I don't really plan ahead a great deal. I just kind of be like, oh, here's the thing I want to do. Let's do it yep. and see if it works out. Um, my next big thing is I am working on a new show. Yeah. Um, so that'll, details of that will be released um, this Friday. Yes. When the Melbourne Fringe Program launches. Yes, um, indeed. So look for me, Nikki Vivica, in the Fringe Guide. Yep. Um, I'll be there and I'll start spamming on social media. So if I'm <laughs> on social media, no, he'll be all over it. You'll get sick of hearing about it. Um, so, so that's coming up. But I suppose for me creatively, because I've been developing my skills in a few different arts now. I feel like I'm sort of juggling my time between doing, um, you know, poetry and comedy and burlesque and um, still, you know, sort of chasing acting roles and stuff again. So my goal is to sort of bring stuff together, like with my my solo shows, my solo work. Now I try to bring, um, they're still essentially stand-up shows, but I try to bring more, like a a greater range of theatrical skills and stuff to them. I like the shows that I like to see with other people doing are shows which is like really idiosyncratic to that performer. Like you see this performance, and it's like only this person could have done that show, that particular combination of of creative skills and opinions and and perspectives. And that's what I want to try to do with my work is to be like, here's a bit of everything which I'm good at um, as an artist, and put it together in a show which could only come out of me. Yep. No, authentic is our good word for today mm. that's not in inverted commas. <laughs> um, and I think that's, you know, the more you sort of sometimes, of course, well, there's no map for a, a journey anywhere. You know, sometimes the, the road, as you say, you're sort of going with the road a bit and then all the roads will come together and, you know, bring all these bits together, which is I think, what yeah. happens. And I think, you like, for me, I find, I feel my most authentic self, self is myself on stage. And it's so funny when I... Um, perform for like when other people um, see me perform like often like when my family see me perform they'll be like oh well that was an interesting stage persona it's like no that's me (laughs) like Mm. me on stage feels more authentic than me like navigating various social scenarios yep if that makes sense it's like I'm on the stage I'm in my space I sort of own that space and I own who I am there Um, and I feel like yeah once you get once I get off stage into different uh, sort of social situations, that's when I feel like you start needing to do a persona. It's <laughs> like, oh, what's the persona for um, a family gathering? What's the persona for a work event? What's the... Um... Is there a persona for a fringe launch this Friday? <laughs> well, we'll find out. I think there is. I think there is. <laughs> yeah. Um, arts events demand a certain persona. <laughs> <laughs> but we won't give away trade secrets. <laughs> No, look, I get that. I mean, I um, on so many angles. I mean, um, I don't 
really people who meet me now go how the hell did you ever think you're an accountant <laughs> but um, my god you were what you were why i'm surprised <laughs> well yeah i don't know how i survived either because you know creative accounting isn't really welcomed <laughs> much unless you work with a bank <clears throat> allegedly <laughs> in someone's opinion but um and i never did that but um you know, sort of um, even in other settings, I mean, as an introvert, I mm. don't really like, la- you know, social scenes or that mm. sort of thing. So there's all sorts of things where you can't quite be yourself. But when it's your go, when it's your ballpark on stage, yeah, it's like, whoa, I'm right on the the um, bounce, the bit where they bounce the ball in football or the uh, for our American listeners, the home plate in the in the mm. baseball, whatever. And you just get to be yourself and, you know, let it shine, which is just such an awesome thing. Um, I was going to just ask one thing before I forget, and that was about yes. improv. Oh, yeah. Um, how, you know, a couple of things. First of all, did that help just sort of loosen you up a bit, so to speak, or, you know, just get things rolling? Or how did that benefit um, to keep doing that more and more? Um, uh, improv's, improv's really freeing art. Yeah. Um, because it does free you from a lot of... Um, a lot of those those internal judgments that you have when you're being an artist. Yeah. Like when you're working, a lot of times, and I love doing scripted theatre, but there is a thing when you're doing scripted theatre that you get hyper-focused on things. Like, am I saying that exact word right? Yes. There's this word at the end of the sentence, and I just don't feel I'm putting the emphasis exactly right on the thing, and you, like, hyper-analyse yep. what the text and hyper-analyse every element of your performance. Whereas in improv, you do it, but then you're never going to do it again. You've just got to, like, if you want to fix anything in your performance, you've just got to create a new character, a new scene, a new show. Um, and so you stop getting, um, you stop getting like that, uh, that sort of ruminating aspect yep. of, of art. Um, you try more things, you do more, more things, you become more adventurous with the sort of characters you do, the kind of performances that you do, the sort of things that you express on stage. And I found like just the range of things I was able to do and the freedom I was able to do. Um, yep. Through, through improv was very freeing as, as a performer. And, yeah, as I said, like, it frees you up a lot as a person as well. Um, yep. That you, uh, yeah, you stop worrying so much about about little things because you know that you're always going to get another shot and stuff. That's a great thing with improv. Um, you can make an absolute hash of a show and be like, oh, well, we'll be back next week <laughs> um, and we'll do the same thing again. And it won't be perfect because, of course, it's not. With improv, improv's always like a bit shambolic, but it's always glorious despite that. And that's, um, I think it's, there's like, there's very sort of powerful life lessons in that. Of feeling like you'll never make things perfect, but it'll still be fun and it'll still be great. Yep. Just by trying. Um, and that's a philosophy I think you can bring out to life. Cool. Oh, look, very, very excellent. Might just have to stop for a couple of messages there. Um, We'll do that and then come back, um, do a few quick announcements and then um, just wrap up our conversation with you and have any last thoughts. Um, So, yes, you're um, on Out of the Pan on 3CR, 855 AM digital, 3cr.org.au, 3CR on demand, Out of the Pan with Sally and guest Nikki Vavika. Hi, this is Malcolm from the Sleepy Jackson. You're listening to 3CR, 855 AM. Please support community radio and your local music scene. (laughs) 
Hey, what's up, y'all? This is Paul Miller, a.k.a. DJ Spooky, straight out of New York City. I'm checking in with Australia on 855 on your AM dial. And remember, community radio is subscription-sponsored, and I think it's incredibly important to always remember that it's a different perspective. Check it. Community radio now and beyond. Three CR eight five five AM three CR digital three CR dot and three CR on demand. Out of the pan with Sally and guest, a multifaceted entertainer, artiste, performer, Nikki Vavika, um, and um, wow, just to come up, um, do a quick few things um, to mention. Bed TV and QTV, of course, always on channel thirty one slash forty four, as I like to call it, this Friday night. Um, Seahorse for trans people, a great support group um, to um, get on your heels, so to speak, is on this Saturday night, the second Saturday of the month. Um, the Polyvic Discussion Group comes up Tuesday week. That gets us through. And, of course, there are all sorts of rallies and things going on at the moment against the Religious Discrimination Bill. And I think there's going to be some big moves on that in the next couple of weeks. Um, so we'll have a big focus on that sort of political side of things and of course state parliament is due back in the week beginning the 12th probably tuesday the 13th so we'll be needing to keep an eye on progress for victoria's birth certificate laws um, to make sure that they get through as um, hopefully this time but it is looking good of course with the fabulous andy medic in the upper house um, mm. giving us at least 21 votes but we obviously want to make sure that gets through and gets through with the least amount of vilification and um, as it were, in plain language terms, um, even allowing for parliamentary privilege. All right, um, Nikki, it's just there's so much to cover here in such a, a broad performance. Is there? Any, let's just double check before we try to start. Oh, were there any the, questions? Did anyone want to know anything? Hadn't hadn't had any, and I I oh, must admit right. I, I forget to multitask sometimes. And but I did just check in on social media during the last segment, and mm. I haven't spotted any. But, of course, if you are listening by to the repeat, the podcast or on demand, pop them through and um, I can always come back to you um, here after they're into wit and um, we'll check in on them. But, yeah, just, um, you know, it's just, it's, it's good to hear of, rain, you know, well, anyone, rainbow people, which is the focus of this show, as I like to call mm. rainbow queer, whatever, but um, people who are just, you know, who have sort of, Come out the other end to a fair extent. I mean, we've all probably got stuff underneath and we can never get rid of it all, bloody bloody blah, blah. But, you know, when it's good to hear of, you know, acknowledging that, of course, it can still be a battle for lots, but to think that people's life is rolling the way a life needs to be is always just good to hear. Well, it's... And that, that has been an amazing thing about it because I think when... Um, yeah, I, I thought when I was going to come out that that would be the end of my career. And then I look at, like how the tiny stub of a career I had before I came out mm. compared to my career now. And it's just like, what was I worried about? Yeah. It's just like by, like, I guess I discovered a whole dimension of myself, which had previously been repressed. And suddenly I was able to do all these things, which I never would have had the energy or the confidence to do before. Yep. Um, and my whole life is so much, so much fuller and richer. Um, and, yeah, they've, I've just got so much more energy and, and momentum. Um, and I think, you know, like, I wish I could, like, talk to a little, like, closet me, little mm. egg mode me, and just be like, look at how fabulous this is going to be. Stop sitting worrying about it. Um, 
hop out there and do stuff. Yeah, yeah I mean, we sort of, yeah, a lot of those insecurities you have before coming out, are, um, you know, they come from sort of false impressions <clears throat> about what your life's going to be like. Yeah. There's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of negative noise yeah. um, about it. And once you actually come out and connect with your community and are living your own life, you discover just how much that was this noise. Yeah. Um, that you didn't need to be listening to. Yeah. And look, the arts industry overall is obviously it's nothing's perfect, but it's, I mm. think it's a pretty, you'd like to think it's an open-minded place or wants to try to do better because of that very creative nature of it. Mm. Yeah. You've had, you know, you've found lots of support around the traps. Well, not support, just, you know, let's get on with it sort of thing in the art sector as well. Well, yeah, it's like, and I've sort of, I have popped around a few different, a few different arts, and yeah, you do come across problem spots and stuff like that. But it is a fabulous thing with the community here is that there are so many, there are so many great people. I didn't hit any, um, any real sort of wall of negativity or anything like I was expecting to when when I came out. Like most people, was like, oh, cool. Um, like I didn't like. I didn't even need to tell people. I just started turning up at events and they're like, oh, oh, okay. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Didn't need to write Um, that corporate transition workplace letter. No, no, I didn't. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, because I see people, like people who are working in workplaces and like all the process they need to go through. Whereas for me, it was just like, all right, I'm just coming to a party as myself. And everyone would be like, oh, cool. And then would be like, after three or four parties, people would be like, Oh, this is all the time. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right, cool. What ifs? Yeah. Um, yeah, it was. Yeah, people are really, really chill about stuff. Yeah, and the arts generally. So, yeah. oh, there's some good spaces. Well, I wish we could keep talking, but we can't because okay. we we only have an hour. Lots of other shows only have an hour, <laughs> and the next one up, um, if you are listening live, uh, listeners of all genders, is Freedom of Species talking all things animale. Um, and Psychedelia at two. And don't forget Erin and Lee from the Love and Luck podcast on the Queering the Air show at three to keep you rolling through the afternoon on 3CR if you're listening live. Or you can catch all those shows on podcasts as well. Nikki, an absolute pleasure Thank to you. have you come in. And, of course, and I've got to give thanks to the one and only Tina Healy, who just um, it was her conversation with us that said, mm. let's do a show. Let's have you on the show. So, yes, Tina, one of the great um, elders of the trans community in Victoria, um, chilling out with Fredo and Meep in in the country. (laughs) And Uh, Meep, is that the name of her? They're the two cats, Fredo and Meep, because it sounds like apparently I I haven't met said. um, So that's an onomatopoeic name, maybe, for what what they sound like. (laughs) Yes. So, yes, um, thanks to Tina for um, um, getting the spark going to have you on the show. Um, All the best for the performance. Chuckens, as they say. Um, take it out today um, just with a bit of a track that probably everyone knows really well. This is from the other Barnsley album. I picked up the soundtrack um, to Working Class Boy, and everyone knows this one, but uh, When the War Is Over, which I don't know, sounds mm-hmm. like a good track to finish on. Nikki, thanks again for being with us well, on Out of the Pan. Sally. I'm Sally Goldner. Catch you next week. When the 
listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Thanks for listening to an out-of-the-pan summer special for the summer of 2019.